Hello guys, I am back from a very long hiatus, but welcome to the first episode of season two of this podcast. I can't believe we're here. We have season two. Before we get into this episode, I just want to apologize for the very long hiatus that I had. To be quite honest, during the interview that I did with Harrison Tinsley, I was actually sick. I was getting over a cold, and it just so happened that my sickness ended up getting a lot worse because by end of November, that was when I finally got over that sickness. And unfortunately, in January, I got sick again. And as of right now, I am doing a lot better and I am finally able to get the ball rolling, try to create more episodes for the season because I definitely want this season to be a lot better than the previous one. I want to be able to try to talk about more, I guess, hot topic issues, whereas the last season I was trying not to do it as much, but I think this season I definitely want to be able to do that for you guys, and I definitely need to get to those suggestions that I posted on my Instagram about what topics you guys want me to talk about, but let's get right into it. So, I would like to say that we definitely live in a time right now where Democrats and Republicans, the two main political parties, are becoming super polarized, and each side refuses to understand the other. I feel like every year there are more and more people waking up to the left's lies, and that's a good thing. But for those that are new to the podcast, if you don't know this already, I am a former liberal. I used to always victimize myself. I tried to stick with the in crowd on everything that they said and did. Unfortunately, that still didn't work out for me. I was ostracized, that did, did, but did that stop me from trying to change myself to please others? No. I dealt with a lot of insecurity. I wanted to be seen, but more importantly, I wanted to be taken seriously instead of as a joke or used as other people's entertainment. To be real honest, I was not very interested in politics in high school. It was always a popularity contest to see who could get the most votes, who was deemed important in every year's graduating class, aka where everybody will be nice and fake so that their stick up their ass they walk around with is even more painful because of the fact that they had to sell themselves out to a crowd they were unfamiliar with. Side note, I thought it was so satisfying seeing the pain in their face when they had to talk to the nerds or people who weren't sitting pretty at the top of the social ladder. It was amazing because they actually had to talk to other people outside their bubble. Uh, Back to the topic. I didn't start caring about society until I saw how my state that I live in is turning into a, a horrendous unsafe place. So, how did I get out of this shithole of a mental state that I was in? Well, my name is Jennifer, so let's start spilling the unfiltered tea.
Before I tell you how these liberals think, I want to tell you my process of transitioning into a conservative. I think I realized that by the time I was a senior in high school, I was not going to please everybody that I was surrounded by. I had to develop this sense of, I need to do me, have my own thoughts and ideas. Nobody's judgment or criticism mattered except my family and friends. I think my mindset changed on not being such a big people pleaser to everybody, but my perspective on politics didn't change quite yet. It wasn't until I went to community college. That was where I noticed people starting to talk about politics and it was all they would talk about. Like they would not shut up about it. I also noticed that political science courses made students go out and register people to vote as a form of an assignment. And the fact that I was constantly getting asked to register was one thing. But the fact that they asked me what party I chose made me think about things a little more in depth. I was already registered to vote back in 2018. And when they asked me what party I registered under, I said no party preference, which was the truth. And these people were so shocked. But to be honest, I didn't understand why they were in this state of shock that I did not pick Democrat or Republican. It didn't occur to me back then that the polarizing between the two sides was already starting pre-COVID era. Once I started studying business, that was around the time I noticed how Trump was operating his presidency. At the time, I thought it was definitely stupid. You aren't here to run a business. You're supposed to be the president of the United States running a country. And that's totally different than running a business. To explain what Trump was doing for the country, I can't exactly use his policies since people with Trump derangement syndrome will not listen to anything involving him. But for the people that have had a job that involves talking to people, more so, I guess let's use retail as an example, your job requires you to sell products and services. That job may also have a loyalty program that you will need to sell to others where these programs have benefits. The people that are a part of that loyalty program will be put at a priority, but at the same time, you are more than happy to serve others who may not be under that loyalty program. Now keep that in, keep the thought in your head. <clears throat> Let's go back to Trump. He had an America first agenda where all of us American citizens need to be taken care of and have the stability before helping others such as immigrants. The more that I thought about that, the more I realized this is not a racist and homophobic thing. He's actually trying to get America back on track with its economy, plus other resources to survive. Being a business major and having an ex-boyfriend who had an undying, unhealthy, worshipping obsession with Trump definitely helped me wake up to all the lies that I was told in school and by quote-unquote friends. Waking up to all the lies was definitely not easy. I, it definitely made me question my way of thinking, but 
I also lost a lot of friends, which was not an easy thing to get past. I was slandered online by those same friends, and of course they got away with it because a majority of people in California would automatically be on their side, no questions asked. I won't go too much into it because it's a lot, and also this is a personal drama-free podcast. But Turning Conservative also had its pros. I joined the Turning Point USA chapter at San Jose State University. I became an officer of that club and got to network and make real genuine friends who accepted me for me. Even if I still had my liberal leaning views, they're aware and more accepting of the fact that everybody has their own opinion and that we weren't going to agree on everything. That's just the mature way to think. So now that I've given you the story of how I became a conservative, I want to tell all of you how liberals think. Since I'm sure a lot of you are very confused into how people get this mentality of thinking, one thing I should mention before jumping right into it, it is very rare and strange for someone to go from a left-leaning liberal to a right-wing extremist. That's just not possible, and I think some people on the right need to be aware that more people from the left are waking up from the lies, which is still a good thing, like I mentioned earlier, and some of them are still going to have some liberal views on things. Maybe it won't be as extreme, but at least the right should definitely be more thankful that they see the world better. I honestly hate it when either side says, that person is fake because they believe in this liberal ideology when they're supposed to be Republican or vice versa. They're a rhino or dino. Rhino meaning a Republican in name only. Dino meaning Democrat in name only. I don't know if Democrats even use that term. But I am a type of person that will call out wrongful behavior. It doesn't matter what side it's on. If it's morally wrong, it's wrong. As a person who has experienced both sides of the political aisle, I think it's fair enough for me to say that both sides need to learn how to compromise with the other. I hate it when people say, if you are validating keyword some of the other side's concerns, that's caving to their ideologies. Like, no. It's saying that you understand where the other is coming from, you just disagree with their approach on the situation. I think that people also forget that we all live in the United States, the greatest country to ever exist. Yet, we cannot even exist together without respecting each other's values and beliefs. I honestly want to know who that one sole individual is who decided to fuck around and find out where they have to be the most intolerant person to the other side's views because they're the reason why the left is more intolerant than the right. I would also say the right is becoming just as bad. And then the people like me in the middle are just known as traitors to either side. Anyway, back, back to the topic. When a person on the left says, I believe that diverse opinions are important, that means something totally different. Let's take the topic of transgenderism. 
One person will say, I transitioned because I always thought I was born in the wrong body. Therefore, I wanted to fix that. Another person would say, I transitioned because my school helped me figure out who I am. The third person would say, I transitioned because my parents really wanted a boy instead of a girl. Okay, I really don't know if the last thing is an actual reason someone has said. Don't quote me on that. But basically, when the liberals say, I stand for diversity, it means that they all have to agree on the issue. But why? they agree on the issue is diversity. They're definitely closed off to the people who are against whatever issue they believe in, which is not the true meaning of diversity, but in their warped, immature way of thinking, that's basically how they view the word diversity. And it's kind of dumb because they can't use the word correctly. But anyway... Another thing that the liberals tend to do is personally attack someone when they are debating on an issue. I am fully aware that some of the people on the right do it as well. But based on observation, I think the people on the left do it way more. The reason why they do that is because they're honestly miserable. They want to tear other people down so they feel better about themselves. And... I actually just thought of something. The saying, misery attracts company, really speaks well for the left. Anyway, the left also hates being questioned about their ideas, hence why they personally attack people. Why? Because they think they are right about everything. This day and age, it's very hard for someone to admit they are wrong about something because they want validation from other people. I used to be like this, to where I would not want to take accountability for some of my actions. I would not throw people under the bus to justify my actions, but I would say I did this because I know I'm right and I refuse to be wrong. Every time I would admit I was wrong about something, I felt my self-esteem plummet to the void and I... I would tear down someone to make me feel better about myself. Being more of an adult now, I think that there is definitely a big difference between criticizing someone that is thinking about something that you think is wrong and personally attacking someone for thinking in a way you don't agree with. Those people that always try to be in the right about everything tells me that their feelings and opinions were never accepted by the right people or they refuse to grow up and learn to be a better individual. I want to lean more towards the first thing than the second thing, but it's definitely a mixture of both. The last thing I want to bring up is why do leftists refuse to fight their own battles and bring other people in? The simple answer is, they want power to make themselves look like everybody else in their group is right and you're wrong. It goes back to my second point about validation. They heavily need it, and they honestly just want to make noise. I remember my dad said to me that the more people keep repetitively talking about an issue, the more it becomes noise and loses its power and value.
organizations such as Black Lives Matter and Planned Parenthood are losing that attention, and the left is mad about it. Earlier today, I watched Brett Cooper react to a video made by Planned Parenthood talking about how virginity doesn't exist and how sex should be celebrated. Why? Because they want sex to happen so more people will book more abortion procedures and STI treatments. But more so for abortion, since that seems to be their big money maker, even though they claim that it's definitely not. But back to the subject, I've seen it happen where during a tabling thing, a leftist will approach the TPUSA table and start asking why we are stupid to believe in our, our ideologies. Whenever we give them the answer they don't want, they start yelling at us. And when they are obviously losing the debate, they start yelling louder. So people will come in to help defend the loser. They know that noise will attract attention, and if someone sounds like they're in distress, it's natural for other people to come over and see if they can try to help them, let alone even look up just to stop what they were doing and see what's going on. It's stupid, yes, because it takes away the purpose from someone that is actually in danger that needs assistance. I will say... There's no way the left is actually winning. They're just finding ways to cheat the system, to give off the illusion that they are powerful. But in reality, they are miserable people that will gripe, whine, and bitch about anything to get attention. But to all the conservatives out there, remember that you are better than those people in every way because you most likely are working hard. You are also bettering yourself as a person every passing day. And you also have, pro you probably also have values for yourself. Anyways, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please give this podcast a follow if you haven't already. We are streaming on rss.com, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, and YouTube. I'll see y'all next time for when I spill more of the unfiltered tea.